0: Okay, hello everybody, bonjour, bono I mean, Buenos Sara. My name is Alexander Morari and I'm the founder of ITK Media. You've tuned in to our podcast about central and Eastern European startups that are in pre-series A stage. This is important. Our guest today is Gregoire Vigru. Uh, let's call him Greg for simplicity. Greg is the co-founder of bonapp.eco. That's an app that allows retailers to sell their goods um and food food stuff basically nearing the expiration date uh to consumers who want to save
1: thank you so much alex uh, for the kind invitation and uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to say a few words about bonap.echo. thank you
0: yes it's interesting because um we are now discussing i mean we will discuss of course this bonap echo um but you were a serial uh you are a serial uh, um entrepreneur killer of great ideas that turned into interesting business uh business projects why did you decide to start a company like this this is not original this is not you know unique but of course there's some social impact is it a game of uh to be the first in romania and then exit or is there any other kind of a prehistoric i mean prehistory uh to opening this company
1: It's a good question because as an entrepreneur, I do not like to reinvent the wheel. And I believe that there are some already existing businesses which are absolutely fantastic in other parts of the world. And myself as a French entrepreneur in Eastern Europe, I just need to do one thing, which is spend lots of time. And this is how I start my days, 30 minutes sharp every morning, looking at what are the most exciting uh, startup companies, startup ideas from Western Europe, from North America, and from time to time. When I have very much interest in one of these ideas that I find, I ask a part of my team, which is made of former consultants, I say, like, look guys, you should really have a look to this startup idea because I believe it could work in Eastern Europe. Wow! And in 10, 20% of the cases, I said, yes, Greg, this is the right timing. This is the right tra- project. Let's start. And this is how we deploy new projects. We never reinvent the wheel. We do this because out of humidity, we know that already in the Silicon Valley, for example, there are far more smarter entrepreneurs than I am, people with MBA from Stanford, people who have access to much more capital than I I do. So the best ideas have already uh, been uh, launched. So I just need to pick the ones, which I believe is the right time to launch in Eastern Europe. So, um, and I I have a lot of theories about this and I
0: could get into the details,
1: but that was your first question. So I will try to keep my first answer uh,
0: short this is just a warm-up greg um, and i will not let it go then so interesting and very transparently i, I love this uh, style and this approach thank you very much um so you are after rocket internet uh then kind of game right this is what you want to, to do for eastern europe So Alex, this is a very good point. Um, I believe what what
1: these guys from uh, these uh, three um, German brothers did with Rocket Internet uh, since uh, 2007 is absolutely amazing. And uh, indeed, I mean, there are lots of interesting things with the Rocket Internet. They did uh, nearly 30 exits, uh, launching um, companies in a startup factory mode. But I don't intend myself to build a startup factory. I've been launching many, many startups in a standalone mode. Now I'm going to launch a startup studio, not a factory. I don't like the the, the wording factory. And something that I don't really like about um, what Rocket Internet did is that this factory mode, like, you know, you are an entrepreneur, but you feel like you work in an assembly assembly line. You work, you feel like you work in... Um, Yes, in, in, in really an old factory uh, where you need to do some things, there are lots of pressure. You are dedicated to one task. I, I like better uh, startup studios than startup factories because startup studios to me, it refers to uh, Hollywood studios, to Hollywood movies. And I, I take more inspiration in the way Hollywood launched blockbusters. And I'm trying to duplicate all the ingredients that the Hollywood studios are doing for cinema. I'm trying to get my inspiration from my startup studio from there. I can elaborate maybe uh, later on on this, but I have a, a, a whole theory about this and it's actually uh, running and uh, and it works pretty well so far. Maybe I should elaborate, now.
0: Um, look, simple to the point, aphoristically, but you basically described how career path for for a business engineer, should I say, who is not trying to catch a uh, bird flying high in the sky, creating something unique and changing the world, is just see the signals around you, um, test, ch- give a chance to those most promising and reiterate something that's already been tested in similar situation, in similar context. Interesting. So this much for is the- correct so right. mu- This
1: is correct. So much this is correct, some-
0: sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, what's interesting, your starting point is not, oh, I have a great idea. It's, it's somebody else resolved somebody's problem before me. And in my area, in my part of the world, nobody else is uh, thinking of that or not yet uh, very advanced. So why don't we just, uh import right import this uh, tested tried invested and already working uh, idea interesting we could we could finish this we could finish this podcast at this point i think this will be already uh having far-reaching uh impact on many many viewers but let's move on and focus a little bit on your uh current project which is uh, bonap echo right mm-hmm. And which is the best
1: business case? That's the perfect transition. This is the perfect business case for what I was saying. There is this absolutely big and beautiful Scandinavian company that has a mobile application uh, for uh, food waste. This company was created six years ago. They are present in 24 countries. They have more than 30 million uh, users. And they are not present in Eastern Europe. So the opportunity here is to take some inspiration from them try to be as good as they are when we uh, identify assets, where we see there is room for improvement and they had weaknesses trying to be even better than they are to grow as fast as we can. And the, the, the good thing about duplicating something that already exists in other geos is that you are mitigating the risk of failure because actually in the world of, uh, we all know that the world of tech startups is a vast graveyard, Seventy to 90 Ninety percent of tech startups are not going to survive more than four years or five years. So by duplicating some ideas based on existing business model that have been succeeding in so many markets, in that case more than 20 markets, you are decreasing significantly the risk of failure, and also you are guaranteeing an exit, a faster exit, because you know, and it's you raise money more easily because you already have some to show the investors, um, the and the team that you are surrounded with, you show them that such companies with the same business model in other GEOs, in other markets, they have been succeeding. So yes, on November 4th, I have launched this uh, company named Bonap.Eco. Basically, it's a mobile application. You just download it, and it's very easy. You, you can find next to the place where you are to have access to a restaurants, to retailers, to gas stations, to hotels, any kind of place that sells food. And they put the food on the um, application, just because the food is going to expire in one, two, three, four days. So for the retailers, it's great. They are selling uh, food that would be otherwise uh, thrown away. It's great for users because you are going to say 40 to 80% on the food, just because it will expire in a few days. And it's great for the planet, because of course it's a big catastrophe. Food waste at the global level is a catastrophe. 40% of the food that is produced globally is thrown away. And it represents 10% of the global CO2 emissions. So this is what I love about Bernardo Teco. Happy retailers, happy consumers, good for the planet. And for us, we have a skyrocketing startup. We, are, we launched two months and a half ago, and already the figures are skyrocketing. So exactly the type of scale-up startups that I really love myself. So I'm very happy to be involved in, in this project
0: how many yeah how many downloads by now are of the app
1: 15000 so two months 15. and a half 15000 including uh, 2000 sales as of today 2000 sales and we didn't burn one euro in marketing yet it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. word of mouth
0: and public relations mm mm-hmm. You described your inspiration company, but uh, if you were transparent from the very beginning, let's keep being transparent. So, too good to go. And by the way, we will cover round one and round two of this podcast. Too good to go, Danish company. Um, I think I will mix maybe even the last round of our podcast, which is about the uh, company uh, f- future of the company. Uh, too good to go. Would you say this is a good short-term exit scenario for you? Is this a target, or this is just one of the scenarios? I, no,
1: I, I don't think I don't think they would need to acquire companies like uh, like ours, or maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe we can have. But for for a few the coverage, few years.
0: I that, know, I know. But for the coverage, they expanded to Spain by they expanded to Spain by buying a local uh, company right? after funding. Very good point.
1: So we've been already approached by companies that are willing to uh, acquire us. So it's absolutely ah, crazy. I mean, okay. because of us, we started the company two point five. Uh, I mean, two and a half months ago, and we we already have some potential buyers. So the, this is Among what I the like buyers. About startups. It, 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 it,
0: it, Okay. Was there a, like a futzi as well? Sorry, was there a futzi as well? Uh, targeting Dubai, uh, your company Fuzzi.
1: Uh No, it's not. Uh, it's not Fuzzi, But the, the the beauty of it is basically the timing. And I think that in business, okay, the project of course is important. The team is important. I mean, lots of things timing. are important. But the, the timing yeah. is always essential. Essential, etc. I think the timing is absolutely perfect. We nailed it a bit by chance. I mean. This is what the market research was telling us, but also we see that and uh, this, we have onboarded 100 retailers, I mean 100 partners, whereas we launched less than three months ago, we were the top retailers in Romania, top French German brands of retail present in the country we are going to expand to three additional cities in the country we are also looking at uh, um, uh, bulgaria uh, greece uh, hungary so things are going going very fast this is why we raise money very quickly by the way it was the quickest free seed funding of that amount for a romanian startup ever this is what i love about startup is the possibility to have things that go so 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 fast based on op- yeah Opportunity, and uh, and and yeah, it's it's not my first startup for because uh, the, the last startup that I, I sold, I sold it after fourteen months, right? So a bit more than a year. It was a, a, a Romanian startup selling refurbished phones. Yeah. Also positive impact on the environment. I launched the company in April twenty twenty. Uh, fourteen months after I sold the company, one hundred percent of it. I'm still serving the company as a as an advisor today. But yeah. uh, you know, this is what I like about startups. You know, I. I I, I, I couldn't cope with the corporate world where, you know, it would they take me five to 10 years uh, to grow within the companies. I like when things go very, very fast. It's even unreal. You know, this is what I love about tech startups, especially nowadays, where things are a bit crazy. It becomes sometimes unreal when it comes to the valuation. But when you do yeah. the fundamentals, it's it's uh, it actually, it's, it's not from the, because I'm also a business angel. So I'm also investing my own money in some tech startups. But you know, sometimes it's about the team, it's about uh, the right project at the right time. But uh, anyway, it it keeps me excited, life is short and uh, I am enjoying lots of uh, things in my life thanks to the startup world in which I evolve.
0: You know what came to my mind, uh, uh, like your approach to engineering businesses rather than by revelation or serendipity or, or like I had a dream, you know, and stuff like this. This is very similar to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is how I see this. Basically what you're doing, you are, um, you are getting yourself a m- kind of original master franchise package without paying anything. Without paying a royalty, right? Basically, so yeah, yeah. in L- essence, L- L- you're saying you're yeah. you no, you're creating a franchise for yourself from companies like Too Good to Go and similar, uh, without paying anything.
1: But to do good to, do, to, to good to go didn't start out, out of nowhere. They also took inspiration from other companies yeah, 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 for yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, okay. And everything is in business, just like in life. Everything like just like books and movies. Everything is always a reinvention of something that was coming before. And the, the, I think this is a very, uh, very important thing to, uh, to, to mention here. Uh, now, another reality which is striking to me is that when you are looking at the top tech companies globally, none of them is a pioneer. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. Tesla Tesla didn't invent electric cars. Amazon didn't invent invent, uh, e-commerce. Facebook didn't invent uh, social media. Uh, Google didn't invent uh, search engine, and so on, and so on, and so on. The big skyrocketing global uh, leaders always came second as an outsider or as a challenger. They saw the leaders and they try mm-hmm. to be better when they saw rooms for opportunities so this is what the the world of technology is teaching us and at my small level in my small region which is southeastern eastern europe i'm trying to not copycat because i don't work like the world copycat. we are not spying on them we are not doing exactly the same thing we are looking at what to good to go phoenix Karma and many other players, because there are many players for many years in this industry, to be with the most the, famous, we are so looking at where do they bring a value what we could do differently, or so taking into account, of course, the culture and uh, the the environment, which is Romania, Bulgaria, etc., etc. Right? So I think this is uh, this is extremely important. But uh, wh- what we see is that uh, yeah, food tech is definitely an exciting uh, trend, and uh, we are really going through a green transformation. And this is something we see discussing with retailers, any kind of business partner. By the way, even telcos in my other uh, startup businesses. I mean, all banks. Everybody now is talking about green transformation because we understand that we cannot continue like this. Climate change is a reality. The boards, uh, the consumers, the top managements, is pushing those corporations to try to do more to uh, address the, the problems posed uh, by uh, climate change. So my role in society as an entrepreneur is what? The role of entrepreneur is very basic. You see problems, you bring solutions. Basically, entrepreneurs are problem solvers. This is, this is what we are. This is what we do. If you don't, there, there is no problem. There is no company, so there is no entrepreneur. As a problem solver, I see that Romania is one of the worst countries in Europe when it comes to food waste. It's a catastrophe, I mean, really. Whereas 40% of the budget from Romanian families is spent to food, which is huge. It's 10% in France and Germany. So me as an entrepreneur in the Romanian society, how can I put my entrepreneurial skills? So I can then gather people around the table, raise some money, so that through a technology which is very simple, which is a mobile app,
0: we can have an impact. Yes, you mentioned food tech. I, I thought of this type of companies in uh, Echo as well um, as a social impact company, r- rather right. This is like wider, wider, uh, wider space, I should say, and maybe more, uh, more currently not popular. But I, what I think is de- developing and growing, kind of more and more, right? Um, I agree. Look, what, what about business? Business as such. I don't want to guess, but anyways, um, who who's paying uh, f- for this? And uh, how, what's your current figures, if you can share, whatever the range you can share, MRR. I mean, it's too early, I know, but anyways, there is some- no, sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure, so first of all, in terms of objectives, our objective is to uh, affiliate 5,000 uh, businesses, so 5,000 partners, and to sell 30 million meals by the end of next year. So this is the business plan. We are on trucks for, uh, for the moment and the business model works as follows. On average, uh, the uh, meal, the soda as I said earlier at a 40 to 80% less expensive uh, price, is sold four to five euros to, to the consumer. Out of those four or five euros, we take a commission of 1.09 euros. It's a fixed commission, regardless of the price of the basket. This is how we make money. And each shop needs to pay a yearly fee to be affiliated to our platform. That's a, that's a that's a good uh, business model. We believe we don't want to have a fee that is a percentage because we don't want to encourage uh, the retailers and the restaurants ah,
0: to okay. give baskets
1: of so food for uh, for nominal value, which would be too small. So by having a fixed commission of 1.09 uh, euro, we make sure that at least the price of the of the of the basket is uh, high enough in the range of 4 to 5 euros on average
0: here yeah. 1.09 euro per uh, per transaction or yeah. per yeah. transaction okay which could be yeah, a, yeah, but... which, which could be a package right or several um, several items in in the basket right
1: Okay, so yeah, so it's per basket actually. Yes, and it's per basket that the retailer is going to put on the platform. There are two versions of the app, one for the businesses, one for the user. And you know, mm-hmm. in the shop, for example, in Starbucks, for example, because Starbucks is one of our top clients in uh, top top partners in Romania, they say okay, uh, there remains some croissant, uh, some whatever cookies, etc., and a the salad. They put it in a basket. That makes one uh, one box. Yeah, They put the information on the app, and then the user sees it immediately, go and take the, the bag from the shop. We don't do delivery for now.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And now tell me, um, why 1.09, um, I mean, 1 dollar, one, sorry, 1 euro 9 cents. Why, why this figure, out of curiosity? uh why this figure because uh, we've run different scenarios we've placed with
1: with figures and we believe that is uh, it's the right one and um, not not to be too much for uh, the, the our partners and we talked also about it to our partners to see would what would be the perception so we believe it was a it was a fair uh, fit yeah mm-hmm. having in mind that for the retailer by the way uh, Normally, this food would be thrown away. So even though we take 1.09 euro out of the basket of five euros, it can seem it's big, but at the end of the day, if the if the the people don't use sell it, the retailers don't sell it through the platform, it's going to be thrown away. So it would be pure loss, and it's even more than pure loss because the retailers they pay transportation companies who come collect the food to be burnt, thrown away, etc. So it has an additional cost. Plus for the retailer. We bring additional traffic to the shop. You know, I go to Starbucks, I take my bag, and you know what? Maybe I'm going to buy a coffee. Maybe I'm going to buy whatever. So it creates it brings a new population of use of customers to those shops, and there might be some additional purchase on top of the the box itself.
0: I'm smiling inside but also outside because this is the case from my uh, my own case today we have a bakery at our, our office tower and so today they by 4pm they are closing the shop and you can take the packages that you reserved or booked on the application okay and so I see this is a uh, 4, 440 I come to the uh, to the bakery and ask whether or not they have these packages yet I, I mean still uh, to buy from the app they say no N- nothing left and what i do i buy then at life uh pricing you know whatever they have there on on an impulse so this is what we mean basically this works both ways yeah yeah yes. i mean i was trying to i was trying to formula uh to word this uh, and define somehow for you um of course you, you did a better job but what i think is for the retailers a, an easy sale would be just to say that you are doing or you are helping rec- re- uh, value recovery or you know risk I mean, waste mitigation, right? Or, or value, is value waste mitigation. It's a way to put it, yes, yes, I, it's true.
1: Yeah, not only you,
0: Yeah, not only you mitigate the waste itself, but also you save the effort, money, time uh, of the processing. Because then it's food, food waste, and food waste is highly regulated, depending, of course, on what you are wasting there. Um, and it seems to be like an easy sell. Is it easy sell? To your partners in Romania?
1: Man, I mean, it's 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 absolutely easy sell. I mean, uh, again, I mean, we have close one hundred, uh, uh, we have one hundred partners in Bucharest. We launched two point five months ago, so we work. We you take the top twelve. Food retailers in Romania. We've signed already with eight of them, and the ones who have not enrolled yet, we are discussing with them. Okay. To be honest, it's not only the pro- the project. It's also that I already knew those, those those retailers. I've been working with retailers through other startup companies for many years, so I have access to C-level in these companies. Yeah. So when I came to to, to pitch the projects, uh, I was not coming uh, out, of, out of nowhere. So this is true. It's, it really it really helps. I wouldn't have been int- having those guys in my network. It would have taken much more time. I see. This competition is also already happening, you know, so we are not uh, the only ones. You know, the, the problem this is, we were talking about uh, a Rocket Internet earlier. This is one of the Samer uh, bar- brothers, uh, the founders mm-hmm. of Rocket Internet, who says, when you have a great idea, at the exact same time, there are seven people who have the exact same bright idea. So you need to hurry up because startup is about going, 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 going very fast, and it's true. So that's why we wanted to go so fast. This is why we raised so much money
0: so quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What about your exp- expansion plans, uh, by the way? You mentioned Bulgaria. Okay, naturally. And then what, what will be the next quality, let's say, leap into into your expansion uh, program? Like, what other country you would say are more, more interesting? After so, Bulgaria. Uh,
1: first of all, Yeah. So uh, first of all, bulgaria not because it's a big market, but because I also have other businesses there and I have uh, some network uh, in in Bulgaria and some history with the country. Uh, Greece, we are looking at uh, Greece. Uh, We are looking at Hungary. And again, we are extremely opportunistic in the right sense of the world. So in case one of our partners, big retailers, especially in Romania, they uh, are strong presence in a neighboring country where we could deploy. You know, for, for, for example, in the, the list of the retailers that work with me, there is one that have several hundred shops in Romania, right? And they have hundred shops in other countries in the region. Just with one uh, uh, partner like this, we can deploy a new country and already have lots, 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 lots of locations. Because in our industry, there are two types of businesses. As Bonap, we are very strong on the retail and um, big chains. Uh, so of hypermarket, supermarket chains of coffees like Starbucks, you know. So whenever we sign one contract, potentially it stands, if not hundreds of locations. We have some competitors yeah. who have more like an, a, an approach which is towards restaurants, uh, individual okay. restaurants, individual bakeries, which is good also in terms of density because but this is not the way we started, you know. In order to scale very, very, very fast, having one contract with one big retailer is something we go after rather than one uh, fewer or smaller contracts with uh, individual uh, restaurants or bakeries, whatever. But we are going mm-hmm. to get there at one point. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. One point we of contact, and then a whole, and... Mm-hmm. a whole portfolio. A whole portfolio of companies. And, and more of a volume not there a is much bigger. Exactly, and the
1: volume of waste. So if you yeah, take yeah, a big retailer, the, the mm-hmm. bigger it is, the bigger the shop is, the more likely they are going to have food waste. Restaurant, the smaller it is, the less uh, food waste there is going to be. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Scalability, Always scalability. Yeah.
0: Last thing uh, in this in these two rounds that we've covered already. Would you agree that the more developed a country is, the more waste it produces?
1: Uh, no, is so it true have, from your experience no, and no, analysis? No, no, no. We have look, no, no. We have looked at the figures. We've made some reports, uh, market research, etc., with a very big uh, teams of consultants, very strong guys. Basically, uh, in Eastern Europe, the volume of waste is actually bigger than in the West. Romania, for example, would rank very, very bad.
0: Bulgaria as well. Why? Cheaper food? Or like not as aware of the problem? Uh, yes, I mean, uh, the le,
1: how could I put it? The level of uh, caring maybe about uh, food waste is not the top priorities maybe for a part of the population. Right? From Germany, we, 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 we pay attention to this very, very, very carefully, so there is increasing pressure uh, regulations, lots of regulation to fight uh, against uh, food waste, but we are going, we are getting there also in, in uh, Romania and Bulgaria, I mean, just like in the rest of Europe, because again, it's the Green Deal, right? We are in the middle of the European Green Deal and food waste is actually one of the chapters, one of the topics that um, that uh, Europe wants to address. So, yeah, again, we are in the mood of times, in the right place, in the right moment, we hope, and working hard to uh, to to fight food waste.
0: Okay. Uh, Greg, let's go avant-garde, so to say. Round three right now, quick q and um, Share with us your best productivity hacks. Uh,
1: so my best productivity hack is to uh, surround myself with, with people which are who are more smart than I am. You know the saying, right? If you're the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So... I'm spending my time meeting with new people. When I'm telling you I'm spending my time to meet with new people, I do working meetings. So every day I do three to four working meetings. Most of the time with people that I, it's the first time I meet with them. And when I meet 100 people, one of them, so 1% of them are what I call iFlyers. And by surrounding myself with iFlyers, eye iFlyers eye are very, very smart and talented people. Lots of ambitious who share my values. Whenever I identify those people, I hire them as co-founders in my companies and they are the one really, um, driving the businesses strong operational people mostly you know people who deliver I'm not too much of an operational person myself I'm not too much of a financial guy I'm more like the kind of visionary guy I come with an idea with a project and I put everyone around the table and I encourage the people and you know, to do something all together I'm the, I'm the one who you know Put the people around the the table, come with uh, this vision. But but the people who actually run those businesses, and this would be my hack actually, is not to mess up with your business partners. And in my case, I'm very, very, very selective on this. Very picky, sorry. Very, very picky on this. That's the number one rule. That's why I meet people with new people all the time. And whenever I meet these people who are very smart, I introduce them to my teams, my business partners, so that they go through interviews with all the people that I trust, that are already my ecosystem. We work like a gang, like a, like a like a pack of wolves. And as a pack of wolves, in order to have a new entrepreneur uh, part of uh, the community of our ecosystem, they need to go through and discuss with uh, many of them. But whenever you are inside, you have a project, and uh, you can have the possibility to you know to work with us. And, and together we are launching scale businesses. These businesses, most of the time they work because again, we are not trying not to render the wheel. It's not our first startup rodeo. I'm myself in the, in, uh, involved in 21 startups. I did already for exit. So we know how to scale businesses. We know how to sell businesses. We are very opportunistic again in the right way, trying to have impact uh, entrepreneurial uh, projects. And so most of the projects work, but the ones we did, which didn't do not work, you know, which I call uh, somehow zombies, you know, zombie startups, we kill them, we kill the startups that do not scale immediately. This is very hard because whenever you are a startup founder, you get attached emotionally to the startup, to the brand. And said like, guys, we are sorry, you are the the team, you are our partners, business partners on the team. Look guys, this was not the right time. We realized we need to kill the zombie so we can reposition our business partners and the teams to existing projects which are already scaricating or to new projects, you know. So always trying to move these teams and and have them focus on the next big thing and not hesitate, unfortunately, to kill the zombies along the way. Fortunately, it doesn't happen that often, but sometimes it does. It happened to me six months ago, so we had to kill the the startup. That's it.
0: Okay, so you say you uh, tend to meet many, many people. within a recruitment context, so to say, how do you create this stream of uh, applications? Just openly, what, putting job ads, uh, we're recruiting for this in this startup, or you rely on recommendations from other companies. So you catch them on LinkedIn, let's have a coffee, and then you do this by yourself, your assistant or your team or something. How do you, again, how do you create this stream, in inbound stream of potential talent?
1: very good question and you mentioned it linkedin people contact me on linkedin because people know that i'm constantly looking so people they see me on linkedin people they see me in the media and i always say look guys i'm constantly looking looking Plus, it's word of mouth you know some people these, these communities are relatively small you know the people who have really the entrepreneurial mindset entrepreneurial dna these people evolve in the same ecosystem so word of mouth and they contact me on LinkedIn. So most of the time, you need this inbound. I don't have to look for them. Uh, they, they hear about our startups. And we have startups which are quite appealing, frankly, uh, Bonabloteco this food waste uh, application. People love it, everybody loves it. Journalists loves it. Our investors love it, our the retailers love it, the consumers love it. And of course, the candidate as well, they love it. So it's making our job more easy.
0: question. Yeah, yeah. Last question: Do you have a, uh, an algorithm for selection for selecting those right talents, or you just go by the guts? I'm very old school. I'm
1: forty-one years old, so I, I go very much by the guts and uh, yeah, yeah, by the guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spending some time with them, working meetings, trying to figure out uh, who they are. But again, I can find some people sometimes who are extremely intelligent very ambitious who fit lots of criteria but I need most importantly to have very very strong connection with them I need to become friends with my business partners because life is so short I don't want to to people I don't want to work with people who have values which are not fully aligned to mine. I don't want to want to work with people that I cannot be uh, become friends with you know so that's why I'm also picky on this they need to become friends because at the end of the day Entrepreneurship, launching a startup, is a human adventure. It's not a financial adventure. Yes, of course, money is here. It's one of the metrics. We need money to, to, to start a business. But it's a metric. The money here is a metric. It remains a human, emotional, personal, people adventure. And this is what I love about entrepreneurship.
0: Can I encapsulate it somehow? Look, um, your motto for life, I understand, is... The value creating human interaction based hedonism yes around projects
1: which are having a social impact or an environmental impact so we can all be proud of what we are doing our families as well you know i have three kids eight years old six years old five years old my uh my oldest will say look daddy daddy what do you do at work I'm not going to tell him about the revenue that my company did last year. I'm not going to tell him about the EBITDA that I'm having on Buena It has no meaning. Daddy is fighting food waste because it's a catastrophe for the environment. Daddy has launched a company that sells refurbished devices because producing, manufacturing new phones is a catastrophe for the environment. That creates some meaningful things, you know, in the legacy that I'm trying to give to, to, to my kids, to people around me, to my coworkers. We can be proud of what we achieve
0: beautiful and i can be proud that i have at least something in common with you uh also three kids let's move on nice uh greg round number four company very very quickly we'll have to wrap up uh, soon how many uh founders you have uh who is on your cap table right uh, right now and uh how many people in the team specifically in this team i understand that your studio well, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. So, overlapping uh for synergy and so on and so on but anyways Uh, Yeah, by the way, the
1: the, the biggest company, Talus International uh, Europe, has 5,000 employees, 3,000 employees in Bulgaria, 2,000 employees in Romania. But that's another topic. Bonapdateco, 12 people so far, but we are currently hiring an additional 20 people. Most of those people are in sales, 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 sales. Why? Because Bonapdateco is so exciting for lots of uh, consumers, users, that actually the level of demand exceeds the level of supply even though we have 100 partners in Bucharest. So we need to close much more partnership with much more retailers, with restaurants, et cetera, et cetera, so that we can somehow match the supply with the demand. So yes, 12 people, including four four Uh, co-founders. You're on mute.
0: Yeah, 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 not not anymore. Uh, What's the labor division between the founders? What is the? What is the labor division between, I mean, among you guys, uh, the founders? how do you divide the, the work
1: yeah yeah so 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 myself i'm a door opener you
0: know uh, in a
1: football match i would be uh, you know the Kylian mbappe of the maybe of the football match but unfortunately i'm not having this talent i'm good to uh, make a goal from time to time but on a very specific occasion so you make me enter uh, the on 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 the football match just at a very specific moment when we need to open doors with retailers, I use my network, I take my point, we get anything. When we need to do some public relations and we need to go on TV, when we need to go and meet whatever minister for you know whatever lobbying, et cetera. So I can, on a punctual basis, every time we need to unlock a situation, we need to open an opportunity. This is uh, what uh, what I'm doing for BonabDoteco and for many other businesses, right? But I would be more in the yeah, network, business development, sales, public relations, that would be my role. And, and the guys I work with very strong in operations, very good in sales as well. So yeah, good finance guys. I mean, very, very, very good executive people, you know? And I'm not a good executive, by the way. I'm, a, I'm not just a crazy entrepreneur uh, with a crazy uh, vision on the future. And by the way, maybe I'm wrong and sometimes I'm wrong, but uh, that's why I need to surround myself with people who some, somehow may be a bit more rational. It's all about balance at the end of the day. You know, I think the key of entrepreneurship at the end of the day is about complementarity. You know, I, I never launch a business by myself, and I will never do it. I really believe that in order to launch a business, you need to bring complementary uh, uh, profiles. I always have, as a CEO, I always speak as a CEO, as a co-founder, some, someone who is very, very strong at operations, very st- operational machines, very, very smart uh, people, because these, I'm not an operation guy. Uh, so so that's why it's it's all about bringing complementarity so that at the end of the day we can cover the wide scope of having the best areas of expertise within one single startup. And so far so good. It's been uh, working uh, fine so far. I will never hire a guy who has a profile similar to mine. It would make uh, no sense.
0: Okay, and you allow yourself to be balanced in in such a way. You are what you are, allow yourself to be irrational in a rational way yeah yes, exactly.
1: and uh, I mean, it's it's because sometimes I follow my intuition and and, and intuition might be called uh, 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 being unrational. Uh, sometimes I follow my intuition uh, when it comes to new businesses, potential uh, businesses, even though again, I mean we are trying not to reinvent the wheel and we take inspiration from existing business but but some somehow in the way we try to crack uh, the things and. You know, you know, uh, I, I, I can follow my intuition and with people as well uh, trying to follow uh, intuition, you know. It's, it's, it's not always mathematical, you know, and, uh, and intuition in business also, I, I believe it has its, uh, its own role to play. So far, so good. My intuition didn't uh, go against uh, uh, the performance of our businesses, but you know, yeah. Intuition still plays uh, a plays role, right? I think, at least for my, in my case.
0: Plus, you're not over-investing in capital-heavy kind of startups um, and are able to quickly kill somebody who is not performing to, 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 be, to be alive longer and to be successful. Greg, last but not least, round five, Formula F3, we call this, funding for the future and before future. In a sentence or two, um, recap your uh, funding history by now.
1: Yeah, so... Uh... Two months after launch, we raised 800,000 euros, which never happened for a Roman startup to raise so much money so quick, right? And we actually signed the truth is we signed the term sheet before we even launched, right? So based on a PowerPoint presentation and a, an app that was already functioning, but without any traction, we could convince investors to put 800,000 euros on the table. This is because investors, they really look at the team before all the rest. They said, like, okay, Greg already had four exits. Maybe it's going to be 50 existing. And if we are well, the, the, the investors, um, we will do the exit together with him. Plus I, I gathered a team which is absolutely uh, incredible. So very, very strong uh, guys. So that went very fast. The objective is in uh, 10 months from now to do a series A so that we can expand, expand, expand. And then you know we enter in this, uh, in this logic of, uh, of doing some uh, new rounds so that we can scale, 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 scale. The good thing in our business is that uh, the technology is not really cash intensive, it's a, it's a mobile application. All the cash that we burn, it's sales and marketing. Mostly sales, by the way, because we don't intend to, 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 be, to burn lots of, of marketing money because PR is doing the job and also Word of mouth is doing the job. So it's all about the salespeople we have in the field and the city manager. Every time we launch a new city, so Cluj, Timișoara, Yash, Sofia, we'll do it in other countries in the region strong city manager who's going to be our person uh, on the field and an army of sales guys to sign as many deals with uh, retailers and, and restaurants owners.
0: So sales force is your biggest, um, biggest... Or be, let's say best expansion kind of expansion agent. Okay, now Absolutely. let's advertise. Let's advertise a little bit for a new city. What would be able to offer a new city? How do you say city manager in terms of remuneration? Let's say in Eastern Europe. Let's say this is a another Romanian uh, city or Budapest. We are not in Budapest yet, right? So let's say no, Budapest. So for a city manager in Budapest, what are, what are you ready to offer in terms of either, either commissions or basic salary?
1: So Alex, you are going to be surprised. We don't. We decided not to have uh, salary grids for this position and for some others in our company, because if I find someone exceptional who have huge background and thirty years of experience, it's not going to be the same salary. If it's a junior with no experience but a big, big potential, so that's why we don't want to Mm -hmm. be prisoners. And this is something. This is unfortunately a trick in which lots of startups feel like okay, we need to do like operations, we need to have salary degrees. No, you need to be opportunistic. We are looking for high flyers and you never know if the high flyer is going to be a junior or a senior. And if it's a junior or a senior, it will not be the same budget. So unfortunately, it will depend. I cannot answer to this
0: question. So your motto is high, uh, high flyers, not flies. Yeah, high flyers, yes, high flyers. N- not flies, yeah. Greg, thank you very much.
1: Not flies, not flies. Uh, not flies Even though uh, one of my business partners in Telus International Europe, which is my biggest company to date, uh, and we left as a, I'm still involved with the company and himself as well, but he launched a company in Bulgaria named Nasekomo. and uh, yes, he raises I I millions and millions of black flies to transform it into powder, and uh, that's about that's about flies, and we make proteins out of flies, so that's why when, whenever I hear the word flies. I think of Nasecomo, this amazing startup company. And by the way, I would be happy to recommend this guy, Xavier, to you so that he's invited in your podcast because he has a very interesting story to say.
0: This is the benefit of having a Serials uh, entrepreneur on your podcast. As soon as you finish one podcast with them, they are happy to introduce or to make bridges to next Project from their uh, from their universe. Greg, thank you very much. That was uh, really a pleasure. I'm sure we could go on forever, uh, and I think there are some pearls to take away from these conversations as well. Um, our plan is basically to open a, an account on TikTok so that we have so that we have a a small you know clips with like really really valuable stuff. Um, uh, I hope this will take off as well. Greg, all the best. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Good luck, uh, au revoir.